Uh, come on, give it up for the worship team really quickly, man. Praise the Lord. Uh, God is good. Praise the Lord. All the time. God is good. I'm going to try to lower it. Uh, I didn't. This hand. We're good. <laughs> so Janie, Janie takes charge of me sometimes. So, But I'm going to sit for part of this, and so I can't use this hand other than hold the mic. So thank you, honey, for reminding me. Wow. I don't know who gave Marcus that second cup of coffee, but please stop. No more. He's... He's good for the week, okay? Good job, Marcus. Uh, seriously, seriously, if you honestly, if you like to fish or ride a Harley or you rope cows or you like uh, hockey, then just wear whatever your favorite sports gear is and come on out next week. We'll enjoy uh, time together. Have a really cool uh, message for next week. Janie helped me with. Uh, and so I asked her to help me preach it. She said no, uh, but that's how she is. So she's a little rebellious sometimes, but in a good way. Um, not rebellious. I'm not rebellious. Um, man, I got, a, I got a word today that's going to take a little while for you to sink in for you. And so I want you, that's why I'm going to sit, just so we can teach for the first part. Uh, and then we'll we'll go into uh, the preaching part. You'll know when I'm ready to preach because I'll stand up and move the uh, the bench aside. But uh, it's a it's a word that I've never heard really preached before, and it's kind of a concept I believe that the Lord dropped in my spirit. So it's probably obviously been preached somewhere. I just have never heard it. But I want you to kind of grab it. So if you're a note taker, grab pen, paper, your phone, whatever, and we'll we'll move on. We're gonna read some scripture because I always like to read scripture to start with, and it does pertain to the word. We'll kind of get back around. So just hang on tight. This is going to be, uh, I think this is going to be real thoughtful, thought-provoking for you on how we can move through grace. This is the last of our uh, kind of prayer and fasting, prayer and grace type episode, and we're going to go into a little bit of love uh, next week. So Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the third verse, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures to see how the word of God is. And this is Paul speaking. And he, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then he twelve appeared to the 12, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, although some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, this is Paul. He was the apostle born out of due season. He appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Somebody needs to hear that today. By the grace of God, you are who you are. Now we're going to learn in a moment about what that grace is, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though I was not but the grace of God that is within me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your grace, that it makes us who we are. It makes us to abound in not only your blessings, but your presence like we felt during this worship experience right here and right now. We pray for those in-house. We pray for those watching online. So thankful for those who tune in each and every week. Thank you for the servants on the worship team, those serving in the body of Christ. Thank you for those coming out today, bringing people with them, blessing people as they come. Father, help us to absorb like a sponge your word today. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said, Amen. All right, let me grab a seat and just visit with you and talk to you for a moment about grace and just kind of how God's experience and what he has for us. When God created Adam back some 6,000 years ago or so, however long it was, there people try to figure out the exact date, and I'm not, that my mind doesn't work that way. I just accept it for what it is. God placed in Adam different things, that uh, four things existed, and there are probably more, but we're going to talk about four things today. Four things existed when 
Adam was born or created, okay? Uh, first, there was an infinite God, and still is, by the way. God is infinite. Never had a beginning, never had an end, okay? We don't totally understand that. It's hard for us to conceive and have a conception of that, but that's fact. That's true. Some people will say, well, prove God to me. We don't have to prove something that already is and something that existed well before us. We take God by faith. If you can't take God by faith, then it's impossible to please him, the scripture says. So I believe in the word of God. I believe in the word of God with everything in me. I try to abide by the word of God. I read the word of God every day. God is infinite. Second thing then, he gave Adam an infinite mindset. You need to know that. Adam named, it's believed, about 500,000 animals or creations, insects, butterflies, birds, fish, uh, crawling animals, walking animals. See, name those, okay? And again, you could, you could argue the theory of the number, but the fact is Adam named all of those animals. He had an infinite mindset. He walked and talked with God every day. Amazing transformation that took place in Adam's mind, all right? Also, my opinion, uh, I believe it would be biblical, Adam had an infinite body before he sinned. In other words, there were there was time. We knew that there was night and day, first day, night and day, second day. But there was no age until Adam had sinned. Until he ate from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, did he then sin? See, the knowledge of good and evil is a finite mindset. It brings something to us from a beginning to an end where God is infinite. And so where Adam had an infinite mindset and an infinite body, when he sinned, those two were taken away from mankind, which were restored at the resurrection of the cross of Christ, but are sometimes hard for us to, for us to conceive or for us to believe, or for us to understand. This is why people walk in a finite mindset, or what we would call a finite grace. And then placed in Adam was an infinite spirit of God. And so we have an infinite God, an infinite mindset, an infinite body, and an infinite spirit. Then when Adam sinned, the infinite mindset and the infinite body were taken away, okay? The infinite spirit then at salvation is restored into us, but there's a, a conflict. There's a battle back and forth between the two. I'll give you an example. For instance, we were when we first got here, all right, uh, almost 15 years ago, we're in our 15th year. So uh, in the middle of July, or the first part of July, we'll start our 16th year. So we've had 15 Christmases with the church, 15 Christmas Eves. We'll have our 15th Easter in uh, just a few weeks with the church, and then we'll start our 16th round. It's gone fast, right, honey? It's gone very, very fast, and it's been very, very fruitful and very, very good, but not without its trials. And so I'll talk to you a little bit about those just to kind of give you our story. Every person has a story. Maybe it's a death or a trial. Maybe it's an addiction or a disease. Maybe it's something that uh, you feel like, why? Why am I going through this? I hope to, for this message to have you make that sense by the end of it, okay? And by the way, we believe in healing. We believe in miracles. We believe in salvation. We believe in overcoming by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and not loving our life even unto death. That's the key part of that whole scripture. So Janie and I got here with Andrew uh, in uh, the end of June, first part of July of 2008, okay? By the way, the word financial collapse known to American history financially. Equal to the Great Depression, if not better, because the finances were higher. And so we came in at 2008. A few months after that, uh, Marcus moved down here. Uh, Jessica helped move him down. She stayed down with Brady. <laughs> and the rest of all, Jill and Jeff and Cam are, are still in Omaha. We're waiting upon their arrival someday soon. That's prophetically speaking, not anything. <laughs> okay. So we came. Uh, the banks failed. Uh, car manufacturers were failing. The government was bailing out banks. The government was bailing out two of the three large car manufacturers. Everything was at a halt. Things were not going anywhere. Houses were not selling. People couldn't get mortgages or loans. Things were just flat. And we took over a church that was doing very well financially, and our budget cut in half literally in half. And so it, it was now a mindset of, are we here 
for our own good or are we here for God's good? And Janie and I have always uh, had the agreement that, one, we would always do God's will over our own will, first and foremost, even if it didn't make sense to anybody else. And two, we would never get mad at church people on the same day. Or met at church because we couldn't talk. We couldn't talk each other off the off the edge. You know what I'm saying? It's like so. If she's mad, I got to be the cheerleader and say no. We can do it. If I'm mad, she's got to be the cheerleader. Which she's been the cheerleader a whole lot more over that time frame than I have. No, we can do it. God brought us here. And so, uh, in the first five months, three board members left, three staff members left, a couple deacons left, our finances left. Uh, one staff pastor took 50 people with them. Another couple whatever board members recruited another 50 people or so to leave and so you know we're we were growing and then we're shrinking and then we're growing back and they were shrinking our finances are from here and they go down to here and that lasted for about two and a half years until the end of 2010 and things started to pick back up and and I never could put a mindset to it but I believe we were operating in an infinite mindset in other words it was never about us and this would be true with your story everybody has a story Michael Hager when you went through cancer it wasn't about you it was about healing it was about the infinite mindset of God's grace and God's faith that you operated in and then God heals you in Jesus name and so it's an infinite mindset that I believe that we were operating in and we did not even know it to be honest with you we were we we're walking it out by faith encouraging each other and after 2000 2010, walking 2011, the church started to grow. Finances started to bounce back, and they had never come back to that 2007 level, which I wasn't here for, uh, but they were better than the 2008, 2009. So the church is growing, things are taking place, and then in 2014, we almost lost Janie. She got deathly ill. She went septic, and uh, for nine days in the hospital, it was just maybe it was gonna, maybe the Lord was gonna take her, maybe not. We prayed for healing, we prayed for miracles. Miracles. We prayed for we prayed for God's special infinite grace over her life, and God heard our prayers. Not that we're any better than anybody else. God will hear your prayers as well. We did set up a strategy on how we were going to walk through faith and how we were going to see things. So God healed her miraculously. And then in 2015, so now we've been here seven years. Finances aren't quite back there yet, but they're growing stronger. Fifteen of our top donors leave. Now, that doesn't mean anything to you, but it means a lot to the bottom line. So where we were about two-thirds or three-fourths of the way back, we're back to half again. Now, the 15 donors, 12 of them moved over an hour away. Uh, two moved locally. They just didn't like me anymore. I don't know how that could be. But it did happen. And then one, uh, one donor died. And he was a great friend of, of the church. He was a mentor and a great friend with Marcus. In fact, he was in Marcus's way. Just a great guy. Had 152 patents to his name at the time of his death. And had, was going to get patents for three more years after his passing. A great man. Intelligent. A genius. So, and he was the type of guy that, hey, pastor, because he helped our sidewalk in Charlotte ministry. Pastor, I think we need a van. I know, call him by names. James is James I know. He said, well, here, here's a check. Go buy a van. I mean, he, he, he put his money where his mouth was, okay? He, he was just a great, great friend of the church. Well, we weathered that, and it was the year my father died. And so we we're going, navigating all these things, and yet there was this infinite mindset that if God's called us here, he'll take care of us here. It's, not, it's, it's, it's great to have friends. It's great to have ministry, but ultimately, we're doing this for the Lord, right? And so we all are. Listen, this isn't Pastor Mark and Janie's story. It is, but you have a story as well. And your story is important, and your story needs to be told because you came from somewhere and you're going somewhere, and God wants you to do something while you're here. It's a mindset. If we would have operated in a finite mindset, we probably would have been in our third or fourth church now having left here because it would have, didn't look like it was going to work out. Or enough people got mad at me that left that maybe they don't like me. Maybe, maybe I'm not a good fit. And kudos to the board and our team for hanging in there as well. And and supporting uh, our work as we went and as we navigated through. Well, in 2015, another financial, you know, uh, stronghold, another uh, trial, uh, if you will. And we're walking through that. And then in 2016, uh, we thought, a crazy thought, well, let's buy another building downtown. 
Let's, let's, let's expand the operation of the church. And I'll tell you this, because I've had a lot of sleepless nights. This was not an ego move. This was not like, oh, yeah, let's put up another campus here and here. This was prayed through. This was prayed over. This was sought. This was talked to the staff, talked to the board, talked to the team. This was talked to the church. And, let's, and let's, let's go ahead and see if we could buy what we call the downtown campus. And Janie said, well, let's do this. Let's, let's sell our house. It was probably the house uh, we've been married for almost 43 years that I have loved the most out of all of our houses. And church, we've had a lot of houses. I mean, we've, we've had more houses than I can count. This was the one I liked the most. This was the one that, I mean, I'm still trying to find that house. So Keanu, I love that house. And Janie said, I want to give up my salary for two years. Let's give up our house and let's plant seed. Now, that certainly wasn't enough to buy the building, but we approached the board. Jenny will give up her salary for two years. I'll make some financial concessions. We'll sell our house. We'll downsize. And let's, put, let's plant seed into that downtown campus and see where we can go. And then other people made financial commitments and, 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 and consequences as well. And so we bought the building uh, downtown on November 17, 2016. We closed on it and didn't really have a huge plan. We had an infinite faith plan. We were thinking in an infinite mindset that, God, this is your building. We dedicated it to the Lord when we walked through it. We had a dedication service, but we dedicated to the day we closed. We walked through. We prayed. We sought God's face on that scenario, on that building, all while we're trying to hold things together and regroup financially. It's not a good time to buy another building, but for some reason we felt peace in it. We felt God in it. When you operate in an infinite mindset, God is leading the way. When we operate on a finite mindset, then all the numbers have to work out. And I'm saying you should make sure things work out, but there's sometimes where you just have to step out in faith. There's sometimes where you just have to walk out and say, it does not make sense, but this is what God is telling me to do. Didn't make sense for my wife to give up her salary for, for two years. Didn't make sense for us to downsize our house. Didn't make sense for people in the church to give a commitment every month for, for a couple years until we got the thing up and running. Well, after we closed, we hired an architect, and because it was a mercantile building, a store, and we were moving it to an assembly, there was more paperwork that needed to be done. And so for the first year, our architect myself, Brian, we met a number of times, Janie, uh, some of our team, we met no, numerous times with the fire inspector, uh, the city people, the county people. Uh, they said, this could be done, this can't be done. And for a moment there, we thought we bought a bad building, although we did our homework ahead of time and made sure that we could do that type of thing. Things change, people change, positions change. And so for the first year, our architect was going through battle after battle, and a good thing he was a strong Christian. And so at the end of 2017, we've had the building now a year, finally we have the okay to at least put it on paper. And then we fought uh, city, county, and fire for the next two years for building codes, for permits. Uh, the fire was pretty easy, actually, because we had the water already in place. The city was easy, pretty easy because they wanted a building downtown. They knew of their development that, that, was, that was taking place, that they were going to start that in 2019. It's coming right by our building. You see the new bridge out here. It starts at one campus. It comes back. The, the next campus, our, 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 our church attorney was thoroughly excited, said, I can't even explain to you how well you guys are positioned for uh, growth in the city. It was, it was a God thing. Now, now, because we were operating in an infinite mindset that we got back because we're new creatures in Christ. See, what we lost with Adam, we regained at the cross. You need, to, you need to know that because sometimes we operate in a finite mindset. That's the knowledge of good and evil. Well, this isn't right or that's right or this isn't going to work and here's why it's not going to work. Here's why you're not going to live and that's why you're not going to uh, make it and this is why you're not, your job's not going to work out. And all these things are finite. God wants you to work in an infinite mindset. He wants you to work in an infinite mindset that's full of faith and full of mercy and full of grace. And I'll get more into that in a moment. And so uh, 2017, 18, the December of 2019, uh, one of the city managers calls me and says, hey, Mark, what are you going to do with the building downtown? Is it just going to sit there empty? I said, no. I called him by name. Dave, I said, uh, the fire signed off. 
for the permit. The city has signed off for the permit, but the county has changed people three different times, and we can't get the county to sign off for our permit so that we can start construction. And, he's, and he said, uh, could, would you mind if I made a call on your behalf? That was a Thursday afternoon. I said, oh, please do. And so Monday morning we had the permits. Just, now, I wish I had called Dave two years before that. But he didn't, I didn't call him. He actually called me. God opened the door. And maybe it was just God's timing. So in December of uh, 2019, we got our permits. We started to, we had a good friend in church who has a good friend who has a construction company. We put it out for bid, just got his bid. He was within our budget. And if you know anything about me, I'm not like a heavy bid guy. I don't get a lot of stuff. If it works in our budget, it's done. We're signing the papers, and we go, and we don't look back. It's just the way we operate, not saying it's right or wrong. It's just how we do our due diligence, okay? And so we signed on, and he said, I can start in March of 2020. You all know what happened in March of 2020? COVID, shut down. Not only did he not start, we had to shut church down for, I think, 14 weeks. We couldn't have church in service. We had a crew, a production crew of 15 that we had it online every week. So we were just trying to keep things together. I told Janie, I, there's no way we're going to go through another financial crisis in this church. We did it in 08, we did it in 09, we did it in 10, we did it in 2015. I'm not doing it in 2020. And we started to tap into what we would call an infinite mindset, an infinite grace, or an infinite faith. I would call it that now. I didn't know what to call it then other than, Lord, if you own cattle on a thousand hills, you need to sell some so Grace Church makes it through this COVID. And he did. And God was faithful, and God was very faithful. So we walked through that for 12 or 14 weeks. We started back up in July of 20 and 20. The construction crew was able to go in. We shut down for three weeks in October because Marcus got COVID and gave it to me, and then I gave it to G. Is that how it worked? I, had, I got it and gave it to you? You were just diagnosed first. Okay, well, he blames everything on me. That's not fair, but... We got COVID, and so we thought it would be better if we just shut church down for three or four weeks. So the month of October in 2020, we shut it down. The building was being constructed. We were getting permits. We were getting the okay occupancy agreements. That's a key word whenever you're trying to do anything with the, the city. It's occupancy. So we got the occupancy. And December 24, 2020, we had our first service downtown. It was a beautiful service. It was Christmas Eve. People were there. Friends were there. It was just, it was an amazing. We weren't done with the building, but it was there. And then in uh, early January of 2021, uh, Mark Best, uh, I don't think he's serving at the, he was at the first service, and I rented a 26-foot U-Haul. We went to uh, outside of Cherokee, North Carolina. There was a hotel that was giving us a bunch of furniture for the town, uh, downtown building. We loaded that up here. He and I did uh, all day long, loaded up, drove back. I told Janie to call everybody you know, have them help us, meet us at the downtown building. We're going to unload. And me and Mark Best, Janie, and three other people unloaded that truck. I said, this all you know? We've got a church full of people. This all you know? But we unloaded the truck, and then a, a month later, Brian and I drove up to uh, outside of Cherokee and got another load. And then a month after that, Janie and I drove up to Cherokee and, and picked up a, a load, of, a truckload of, of stuff. To, the Lord just allowed us to fill this building full of stuff that didn't cost us anything at all. Amazing. And then in March 7th of 2021, we opened the building. COVID was kind of behind us. Uh, oh, by the way, during COVID, people got mad at me because I wasn't opening. Other people got mad at me because I opened too soon. And so I can't, I can't partner with you if you're irresponsible. And I, I can't partner with you if you don't have any faith. And it's like, dear Lord, I'm not going to have any partners left after this thing's over with. Where do my partners go? <laughs> and so uh, we would laugh and we would cry and we would pray. We would walk our neighborhood. And we would shout to the Lord a voice of triumph. And we would pray Psalms 91 over every single person in this place. Back and forth, we pray Psalms 91. 
And uh, March 7th, 2021, we opened the downtown campus, and it was glorious. It was just amazing. People were coming out, and people were getting uh, saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit, getting water baptized. And uh, we were there for eight or nine weeks, and it was a Memorial Day Memorial Day weekend, uh, 2021. And uh, we had the air conditioner worked on. A great person in the church gifted us some money to overhaul the the uh, air conditioner. So I guess. I guess it was, would be her fault that we had the flood. We, we were gifted some money, worked on the air conditioners. The, the people forgot to shut the spigots. And on, when the air kicked on on Saturday night, the air, the water, it's air water cooled. The water filled the platform and the front part of the building for eight or ten hours. We had about a hundreds or maybe even a thousand gallons of water just crush onto the platform. And uh, Janie and I were right around the corner uh, when we when we came. And uh, uh, Brian called and said, "Hey, Pastor, we got water on the platform." And Janie's like, "Well, there's a mop in the back." Can't you just grab it and clean it up? I mean, you got, we got to do that too. <laughs> and and uh, he said, eh, it's going to take a little bit more than a mop. And we got there, and literally our ankles were, were in water. We were standing in water. That was 8.30. I want to tell you this, how good our team is. Not because of me. How good and committed our team is. We had 9.15 service over here that day. I mean, we shifted buildings, but we had church. So part of it is we, we do, we have a, we've only canceled one church service in the 15 years that we've been here. That was December 8, 2018. One service. That's because there was nine inches of snow. And Janie said, if you don't cancel church, we will be the only two in church today. So why don't we just have it right here in our living room? Said, All right, honey. Yes. Yes, ma'am. That's the only time we've ever canceled church. We've postponed 9 o'clock service and had it at 11, but that's the only time we've ever canceled church here. We didn't cancel church that day either. We had it over here. We got Serve Pro in. Before the end of the first service, we had started the cleanup there. But it was $275,000 worth of damage, and that place was closed down for five more months. Do you see what I'm saying is you can overcome obstacles in your life with an infinite mindset. Yeah, Dell, give the Lord a shout of praise. He's worthy. Listen, he's worthy, church. So October of 2021, we got in uh, full-time, uh, and church, it, it's just been growing. In fact, this morning, we addressed that congregation. I'll address you maybe in a couple weeks, but we addressed that con- congregation. We are, we are planning on buying 50 more chairs so that we can be at capacity on that side down there because that church is growing. This church is growing. God is just doing some great and wonderful things, Right? But it, listen, church, it's because of an infinite mindset. It's not anything special. It's not like, oh, Pastor Mark and Janie, they're, they're really good people and things are really happening, or they're pastors and we're not. No, it's just tapping into knowing that if God be for you, there's not a devil in hell that can be against you. None. Not at all. But if, if we move that now from infinite mindset with this infinite spirit that we already have in us, then that brings us to an infinite grace, okay? Sometimes we look at grace and it's more finite. I stumble, I fail. A finite type of grace almost sets you up for failure because you're only looking at what God will do for you. God saved me. God filled me with the Holy Spirit. God baptized me. God wrote my name in glory. All the while, people are going to hell while we're walking by them on a daily basis. So let me give you just biblically some some people who were like full of grace, and let me give you their, their bio, okay? None of which you would probably hire these people if you had an employment contract out. Like, I, I'm not going to hire that person. They were a complete failure. Look at look at Noah, for instance. He was, He's the first person mentioned by grace in the Scripture, okay? We talked about that a little bit last week. So Noah, in, in Genesis, the sixth chapter found grace, some translations say favor, found grace in God's eyes. So he found grace. So he, and the Bible says he was a preacher. First time the word preacher is mentioned, Janie says, well, they must have been from the south because they call everybody preacher in the south. So he must have been in the southern part of the world. He was a preacher. But he preached for a hundred years and could only get seven people on the boat. Now, if you look at that in today's context, if he was a church builder and he could only win seven people over a hundred years, he would be considered a complete failure. 
but yet he saved all of humanity. Now, can you imagine for a second, those of you who have pets, and maybe the dog does a little something inside that he shouldn't? Noah had every animal known to mankind in the world on a boat, and they all did that inside for a solid year. Couldn't you imagine the wretched smell that came up from the ark? Could you imagine I preached for 100 years and I could only get my family on the boat? Could you imagine that I, I preached and all of a sudden I'm hearing people knock on the ark, but God closed the door. How about that now? This is Noah full of grace. When we look at grace without an infinite mindset, we see a grace that's only applicable to us. But when we look at grace and it's, and it's infinite, now all of a sudden every person we drive by on the street matters to us because they matter to God. And if they don't matter to us, we need to check our grace level out. Let me give you another one. I, I think it's found in Luke. Do we have it, Jason? And he came to here and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Luke 128. This is the scripture, King James again. A hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is your fruit, Emmanuel, Jesus. God be with us. Now, let's think about Mary for just a second. She's about 15 years old, maybe 16. God impregnates her with the Spirit, and all of a sudden, people around town start to say, did you hear about Mary? She's pregnant. No, she's not. Did her and Joseph get together? I don't know. Joseph says it's not his. Oh, my goodness. What are they going to do? Because you know how good people talk. They, they don't really care. They just want to share. And they start sharing about Mary. And now Mary, Mary's full of grace. No, wait a second. If I'm full of grace, I want a good parking spot at the mall. I want my favorite jeans to go on sale. I want the Raiders to win. Or at least the Huskers. Or my favorite sports team. All my teams are horrible right now. I thought I was full of grace, Lord. This is the first time, by the way, full of grace is mentioned in Scripture. So Mary's got this antidote to her name. She's full of grace. Okay, Mary, you're full of grace. People are going to talk, talk, tell you and call you bad names around town. Joseph, your, your uh, fiancé, the one you're betrothed to, he's going to try to put you away privately, and then he's going to call off the engagement because that's not my baby. And Mary was never clear of it. This is not your baby. It's God's. Explain that one. This is Mary full of grace. Church, think about it for a second. Are we looking at grace a little differently? Like if I'm full of grace, maybe I've got to go through some of the hardest trials in my life. Maybe that cancer is not going to be removed. Maybe that healing's not going to take place right away. I recently had a surgery on my arm, and uh, Janie said, okay, I'll see you in you know, a couple hours. I said, all right, if not here, then on the other side. She said, don't you say that. You don't joke about that. I'm not joking. If not here, I'll see you on the other side. I love you, honey. If, God's, if it's my time to go, that's not failure. That's a win. Oh, Pastor, how can you say that? Because my grace is infinite. And I'm not really worried about the here and now. I'm concerned about the there and who's going to join us up there. And Mary's full of grace. Like Mary's full of grace. Yet her son's going to die on a cross. And when they take him to the temple, Jewish historians that are messianic will tell us this, when they took Jesus to the temple at 12, they took him so that he could be verified. Like Joseph would say, this is my son. In fact, the true saying would be, this is my son, and I am well pleased with him. But they wouldn't let Joseph say that because Mary had already made evidence, that's not, my, that's not his son, that's God's son. So when Joseph took him to the temple, and he, remember he stayed there, he's teaching the, the fathers, and they said, you can't, you can't say that. Do you, can you imagine how hurt Mary was? This, I'm full of grace, but I'm going through these trials. That's why twice in Jesus' lifetime when he was baptized, all right, and then when he was transfigured, God opens the heavens and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. No matter who doesn't accept you, God does. No matter who doesn't verify you or vilify you, God will. See, we look at things and we think, I've got to really make that person like me. I've got to make that person notice me. I've got to make that. If God notices you, it doesn't matter who notices you. He's going to look out for you and take care of you. That's what God does.
let's go to one more. John 1 and 14, the Bible says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Talked about that a little bit last week. Full of grace and truth. Now, we know that Noah was the first person that grace was mentioned about. So it's a big thing there. Noah, and he had to build an ark. And he had to build the ark. And then he had to watch all of the humanity die so he could preserve salvation. He preached for 100 years, but he wasn't that good at it. Only seven people got saved. Not exactly a, a church building seminar. Mary's full of grace, but she gets pregnant and she's not married. She doesn't really even know the father. And then she can't tell people, or when she does tell people, then her, her child, Jesus, is illegitimate. And then we go to Jesus himself, and now he's full of grace. And he, look, look at how, I want you to see how God looks at grace. Let's go to Isaiah 53 for a second, because this was God. This is Jesus full of grace. And God's, surely he has borne, Jesus has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him as stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Like, God, if this is your son and you love him, why are these things happening to him? But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that was led to slaughter and a sheep that before its shears is silent, he opened not his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. Wait a second. This is Jesus full of grace? Am I looking at grace differently? Yes, I have been. I've been looking at grace in a finite way. Grace that only applies to me is finite. Grace that applies to God is infinite. Grace that allows me to work in God's behalf is infinite grace. Grace that only works for me and the way I want it is very finite. Can, Pastor, can I, is, am I saved by grace? You are saved by grace, but you are missing out on the fullness of life if you decide I'm not going to die out daily to the Lord so that he can use me to his fullest. Because if he's willing to use his son, Jesus, he's going to use you. It's just not going to look like we've described it and maybe candy-coated it a little bit. You're saved. You said the prayer. You're we sprinkled you with water. You're baptized. You're all right. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You speak in tongues. All finite grace if we don't use it in an infinite way. When his soul makes an offering for our guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see his and be satisfied by his knowledge shall be the righteous one, my servant. Make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Think about that, church, as the worship team comes back. Think, think about that for a moment. So let me, let, me, let me recap. Let me recap for a second. Why is it important for us to have an infinite mindset? Why is it important for us to have an infinite grace appeal? Pastor, are you making more out of it than what it is? I don't think so. I think, I think if we're not careful, we minimize grace for our convenience. We don't maximize grace for God's glory. I'll say it one more time. We minimize grace for our convenience. Well, I'm, you know, I, I had a bad day. I'm, I'm, gra I'm grace-filled, or you know, I, I, I've been born, I've been born to fail, but I'm full of grace, and and that's a lie and a trick of the enemy. That when you die out to yourself, there's absolutely no way you can fail because even if the world thinks you're a failure, God thinks you're a success, and in God's success, you're doing things. Otherwise, look at Noah was a failure. By all accounts, Mary was a failure. By all accounts, Jesus was a failure. In fact, Paul says in the King James, I do not frustrate grace. And what the word frustrate there means, I do not even abuse grace. What does that abuse mean? It means that if we're not thinking in an infinite lifestyle that says, wait a second, God is bigger than all my troubles. God is bigger than all these fears. God is bigger than all these happenstance. God is bigger than all these consequences that God will save me, heal me, deliver me, and send me free, then I don't have to abide by something that's finite because Adam lost it at the, at the, in the garden. Jesus brought it back at the cross. Stand with me, church. 
I got some prayer, prayer people that's going to come up. Marcus and Charity. I think Dale and Monica, come on up if you're here. Stand over here. You, you might, because listen, if we unleash this, and I know some of you are like, whoa, wait a second, Pastor. What, what are you talking about? If you unleash this thing and you connect with people who believe in infinite grace, then they always have infinite faith. And then God gives his infinite wisdom. So if you're here today and you're battling an addiction, you're battling a disease, you're battling a, a past that you just can't get over with, it's like, man, I just, I got to get through this thing. Then I say, let's put an end to the finiteness. Let's call on an infinite God who wants to heal you right here today. Whether it's physical, spiritual, financial, mental, emotional, relational, God is here. And then stop. Please stop beating yourself up over a failed relationship, over a failed past, over failed finances, over health that you're just waiting for God. And just allow God to come in and say, okay, God, if this is the way it is, I have no problem with it. I'm moving forward. But I'm moving forward in you. I'm going to pray. These guys are going to sing. And I would, I would ask, I would dare you, I would challenge you to step out in faith some of these guys pray for you that you can be restored to the new mind in Christ that God has for you because you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Father, we pray right now Lord, that you would pierce the hearts of men, women here today that would dare to believe or that someone can pray with them. An infinite grace will prevail. An infinite mindset of, mindset of faith will say yes. I believe God can. I believe God can take this away. I believe God can heal me. I believe God can bless me. I believe God can start a new thing in me. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Lord, we declare those things over, over these people, over Grace Church, over our loved ones in the heavenlies, Father, over those watching online. We declare it right now. But, Lord, we ask that you unleash it so that we can accept it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
matter what situation you're going through today, God will give you the grace to make it through whatever obstacle is standing in your way. Amen. Do you receive that message today? Noah had obstacle after obstacle, but yet he found favor. God gave him grace. Amen. Mary had so many things coming at her. Nobody would sign up to be Mary if they had the option. To say, all right, no, I want to find favor. If that's what favor's like, uh, you count me out. I don't really want to sign up for that. Uh, I, uh, but she, she found grace in the eyes of God to overcome every obstacle. You know, this church has been through obstacles financially and otherwise. But I think the name of this church is fitting because we call ourselves Grace Church. Because it doesn't matter what obstacle comes at us, God will give us the grace to make it through. Amen? And not just as an organization, but as individual believers that are united together among a common purpose, that each one of us here, I can look through every person and say, you know what, we are a people that says it doesn't matter what comes against me, God will give me the grace to see it through. I don't know if it's a health concern or a financial concern or a relationship concern. Whatever it is that's going on, I have faith and I believe that God is going to see me through it. So I want to put a blessing on you today. And I just want to pray for grace upon grace. A measure of grace that you haven't understood before. Because I know that the enemy wants to attack you. I know that many of us are going through things right now. Even as, even as I speak, maybe you're watching online, you can't even be here today. But God is with you. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. This church is here and you're here. So maybe just posture yourself and maybe you want to lift your hands and just say, you know what, I'm going to receive this, this limitless grace, this infinite grace. And, and I just want to I pray that you receive this. Father, I bless each one here today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know that we're going through different things and people are struggling. People are going through health concerns, financial concerns, relationship battles. 
Lord, but we say, God, give us more grace to overcome whatever. We are not going to fail at this because we are already on the winning side. Jesus, you already finished the work on the cross. It is finished, and Christ has overcome. So that we are in Christ, so we've got it. We're on the winning side. Lord, all we can do right now is we say we've got one move, and that is to praise you. We've got one go-to thing that we can do, and that is to worship you, God. I pray that you would just give us the grace today so that we can make it through this battle. So not that we can only survive another day, but so that we can thrive, so that we can live. So as we march out of this place, we are going forward as warriors, carrying the grace message, Lord, carrying the salvation message of Jesus Christ to every person we come in contact this week. Lord, I pray that you'd give us the grace, that you'd give us the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you've called us to do. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night downtown for the Discipleship Class. Make sure to sign up. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.